1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As we look back on a huge night of European action Rangers are held to a 2-all draw at Ibrox by PSV As James Tavernier signs a new contract today Callum McGregor feels Celtic have benefited from not having to play any Champions League qualifiers And Hearts head to Switzerland ahead of their Europa League clash with Zurich I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Cammy Bell and Marvin Bartley yeah, absolutely massive game yesterday for Rangers. Um, you know, obviously they want to take a, a lead over to the second leg, but main thing for me was they, you know, they didn't go in behind. Um, you know, I think they've they played well. Um, they a lot of positives from it. I think Kolak again was uh, absolutely fantastic, um, putting a real good performance. And then you know, Hearts final flag for a Scottish football again tomorrow. Yeah, again, totally agree with Marv. I think Rangers played really, really well in periods last night against a very, very good side. So. All positives going across there next week And yeah, looking forward to hopefully a good result for Hearts Come on then, 0141-951-1025 Cammy Bell and Marvin Bartley are here But they need you to get in touch And let them know what is on your mind Particularly Rangers fans or anyone else who watched the game last night What did you make of it? There were clearly good bits So let's hear about the good bits There were probably some bad bits So let's hear about them as well How does it set you up for next week? Have Rangers done enough? Can you see them progressing? Does the failure to win last night worry you in any way? Any of the above? And I'm sure you've thought of a lot more interesting questions than that. Pick up the phone and let us know. There is a new contract for James Tavernier today as well. So 01419511025. But obviously to kick off, what did you make of last night? It's a pretty simple question. Get the answers in. What did you make of it? Callum McGregor, we're going to hear from him, Celtic fans. Be nice to hear from some Hearts fans. Do you get some Hearts fans from Zurich? That's got to be the real aim. Remember that run uh, at the end of last year when Rangers fans were phoning in from everywhere across Europe. Maybe we'll try and hear from some Hearts fans uh, on their way to Switzerland as well. 01419511025. Pick up that phone and let us know. I'm loving these European weeks, Marvin, because there's so much at stake. We've not even got to the group stages yet, so there's a lot to look forward to. But these qualifiers are massive, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely massive. Um, you know, for because financially, you know, for players they can probably you know bring in the transfer market if they were to qualify, and also players they can keep hold of. You know, there's no doubt about it. If Rangers can get to the Champions League, um, you know, they're going to be able to keep up every single player that they want to. Should they not qualify for that, you know, I think it makes things slightly more difficult. You know, players might start looking elsewhere. Um, but as I said, you know, the next 90 minutes against PSV Eindhoven are absolutely huge for the club going forward. Yeah, Cami. <laughs> You look at We've been through some disappointments Obviously Motherwell and Dundee United It's Rangers and Hearts turn We know that Celtic are going to be there I feel like the next week is massive Because we could have two clubs in the Champions League group stages We could have Hearts in the Europa League group stage Now of course Rangers and Hearts are guaranteed A different competition anyway But still we want the top prizes don't we? Absolutely and I think um, Rangers did themselves proud last night against a a PSV side that are are very very good Um, Huge amount of talent on show for them last night Um, And Rangers stood up to it, I thought they played some great football in times Obviously second half, start of second half they kind of looked a little bit tired So I don't know if they just put so much into that first half Um, Yeah but they're still well within the tie and it would be fantastic if they can qualify and obviously Hearts, we've got that to look forward to as well. Yeah, look, it's an obvious place to start, isn't it? So Rangers fans or anyone else that watched the game, come on down. What did you make of it? Quite simply, that that is a, a very general question because there will be a lot. There will be, 
good things about the team There will be things that annoyed you Then before we get to individual performances Maybe some refereeing questions as well I'm sure we always do that after a big game So please do pick up the phone 01419511025 You can as always You can tweet us But it goes without saying It's good fun speaking to you on the phone Just a reminder in case anyone has forgotten It was 2 all on the nights And Gary put PSV ahead It didn't last long though Cholak Continued that fantastic goal scoring run He's on uh, just before the break Tom Lawrence with a little bit of help <laughs> And Cammy Bell will speak to you about that later on uh, From the PSV goalkeeper Looked like Rangers uh, maybe could go on and win it But again that lead didn't last long uh, And Obispo with a header to tie it to all on the night Heading to Eindhoven next week So let us know what you made of it Here's what Giovanni van Bronckers thought um, I'm happy with the performance because we, I think we, we gave today, we gave everything. I think we, uh, you saw at the beginning we were all a little bit nervous. I think PSV had a better start. After the 1-0, especially the last 15-20 minutes, I think we took over the game. And I think the goal we scored was an excellent uh, uh, attack from us. We came to one, of course, uh, in front, you know, with the, the goalkeeper who, uh, who didn't uh, react well on the shot of Tom. And of course, it's, it's disappointed if you, if you get a set piece against, uh, a goal against uh, so late in the game. But, you know, I think we gave everything. We, uh, you know, we play against a quality side. I think the differences over 90 minutes, I think you could see in the score wasn't that big. Uh, so happy with the performance. We could have had a better result, but uh, also a result who was worse, I think. Marvin, general thoughts before we get to some of the big talking points? Yeah, no, listen, echoing what kind of Gio was saying there. Um, I think the annoying thing for them would be, you know, the goals they conceded and how they conceded them. You know, the zonal marking on, on the second one. Obviously, it's something new for Rangers this season um, when it comes to defending set plays and corners especially. Um, I think zonal marking, I think it's proven, you know, that you can see less goals that way, but you have to be seamless in what you do. You know, you can't have a player having a free header from that sort of distance, you know, in the Champions League. It's too big a competition to not be doing your job correctly and. You know, somebody will have to hold their hands up, but they need to make sure in the second leg that you know they don't concede soft goals like that. Right, these phone lines are looking lively already. So that's all well and good. What Marvin and Cammy think, what do you think? Let's do it with Jack and Shettleston. Jack, sum up your feelings on it. Good evening, panel. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, it was just, after obviously watching last night's game, it's frustrating uh, to see the kind of um, the Rangers fans jumping on particular players' backs and not giving players an opportunity to, to improve. It's almost like in one minute they're heroes and then after 90 minutes it's like, oh, they should never play for us again. And um, even like, for example, Antonio Kolak, who even just a few weeks ago people are already writing him off, is now regarded as almost like a Rangers hero. And then you've got players like Goldson who have been so consistent for us who make a few mistakes last night and then come under a lot of criticism. And I just, I don't think it's justified and I just wanted to kind of See your thoughts on that Oh you've got a big supporter In Marvin Bartley Couldn't help himself I saw him tweeting away <laughs> Last night Supporting Antonio Cholak After recovering uh, From some early season Criticism To score Four in his last four Maybe would have been Five this season If his goal against Marvin Livingston Hadn't been given offside um, Is Jack on to something? He definitely is You know And obviously you know, I made my feelings Known yesterday I, I just don't understand it You know So early into the season You can't say Anybody's a hero Or somebody's not good enough To play You know I've spoke about it So many times Especially when players Are coming from different countries And they need to adapt To the team The team needs to learn The way that they play And they've got Two number nine rangers Who play in very very different ways And you know The people who are providing 
kind of the ammunition for, for the centre forwards have to realise they have to change their game depending on who's playing up front. But four goals in four games, you know, took his goal really, really well yesterday. Felt he led the line fantastically well, and that was the reason he played the whole game. Um, so, you know, it's part and parcel of football. In terms of, you know, what Jack said about Conor Goldson, again, it's part and parcel of it. You know, it's ridiculous, you know, for people to be trying to write him off or saying he shouldn't be playing again or he isn't good enough to play. You know, he's given absolutely everything to Rangers Football Club. Um, you know, when they thought he was going to leave some of the fans, they were, they were very, very upset. When he signed his new contract, everybody was absolutely buzzing with it, you know. So you're playing at the top, top level now. So, yes, any mistake you do make is going to be, you know, magnified hugely because, you know, everything that's on the game. But, you know, Conor Goldson for me is a massive Rangers player and he will be going forward also. Uh, Cholak is clearly finding his shooting boots early on, Cammy. We mentioned that four and four... For the last few weeks, there's always this debate about well, when when is Morelos going to start? But if he keeps scoring every game he plays, the Morelos debate, although it'll always be there, becomes a lot less important. Yeah, it does, and I think that I totally agree with Marv. I think the criticism early on and, and judging a player on one or two games is really really harsh. He has to come from a different country, a different culture, and and as Marv says, he's got to learn how Rangers play play the game. So. I felt as if it was very harsh myself and I had no doubt he was going to come on and be a, a very good player for Rangers and will prove to be a good player this season and an important one. So Morelos needs to find himself back in the team. Obviously, Gio was happy with what he seen last night, didn't make the change and didn't bring Morelos on. He stated that after the game that he was he was under no illusion. He didn't want to bring him on because Antonio, Antonio Cholak was, was playing so well. Quite so an interesting answer though, wasn't it? He seemed to like shut down yeah. the... The topic quite quickly. I, I think he's done the right thing there because everyone's trying to almost make decisions for him or, or question his his management. So he was so strong within Antonio Cholak's performance last night, which I, I think he was one of the top performers for Rangers last night. Linked up the play brilliantly, led the line really, really well. So uh, listen, Morelos needs to fight for his place and get himself back in the team, and I'm pretty sure he will do or have a huge part to play, but. It's good competition for Rangers to have. It was interesting the way they answered the question about the two of them, Marvin. Yeah, as Cammy said there, you know, he's basically letting people know I'm the manager. I make these decisions. You know, nobody makes these decisions for me. You know, the reason I kept him on the pitch is because he was playing well. And it, let's say if you have a player, no, mm. no one's bigger than Rangers Football Club. You know, you have to go out, you have to perform. I'm sure Morellas will get his opportunity on Saturday. I expect him to start against Hibs, and he has to go out there and perform. You know, long were the days where he, he was the number one striker and. However he played, he was playing the next game. Now he has pressure on him, and I think it'll bring out the best of him as well. Uh, Jack, was last night enough? Is a two-all draw enough? I would have... Uh, if you asked me before the game, if I would have taken the draw, 100%. Um, I, I think, obviously, with the confidence of last season, a lot of people are maybe underestimating the, the strength of PSV. And uh, they're obviously the, they're a talented bunch, and they've got such a high-value squad. Um, even with players that Rangers were, were targeting, like Joey Veerman, um, for example, and I think two all going at the second leg. I would have preferred to have the home leg as the, the second leg, um, but I think we can do it. But I just think that we need to have give the players the backing that they need rather than jumping on their backs too early. Because if we do that, it's it's just not going to work um, at all. Yeah, Marvin, that was a lot of the pre-match discussion. Generally, Rangers have made a success out of playing away second and, and getting the tie done that then led some people to say well you know you, not not that you needed to win the game last yeah. night far from it but that would have obviously been the hope 
It's kind of in the balance still, isn't it? Can Rangers go over there and finish that job off? Oh, most definitely. Of course they can, you know, and, and no doubt about it, they would prefer to win the home leg. Every game that they play, they want to win, you know, whether it's two legs, whether it's a league game, but they're still in it. As Jack said there, it's 2-2. They go away from home, you know, first 30 minutes, maybe keep it tight and then, you know, let the PSV fans turn on their own players and then take it from there. But they've shown yesterday that they compete with, you know, one of the best teams in Europe. You know, 90 minutes, 120 minutes away from being in the Champions League. If that doesn't motivate you as a player, nothing ever will. You know, if it, people are talking about them, oh yeah, they've been preferred to be at home in the second leg. They're not, they're away from home. The players knew that going into the first leg. I'm sure they'll have massive, massive confidence going into this game. Job has got a lot to go, Cammy, but can Rangers do that? Feels confident. Absolutely, they've got the players to do it. They've got the team to do it. They just need to execute it on the night, and that—that's the most important thing. Obviously, they'll still feel that disappointment from Seville that they knew they could have played a lot better and probably have went on to win that game. But hopefully, they'll take that on board. That you need to play well in the match and these big, huge matches to get over the line. And I definitely think they have enough. I think they'll take confidence from last night's performance and know that this team is a, a, a threat from set pieces they're a, they're a very physical mm-hmm. team so whether they'll change their style of defending I'm unsure or if it personnel that'll come in obviously for Rangers' size last night looked at they aren't the biggest team Rangers but PSV were quite physical and it's, it's strange sort of I think when you're not the biggest teams sort of having that zonal mark and I think it's a negative mm. to be honest Yeah, you two have then been and in different sides of this because you'll have been behind zonal marking Cammy and man to man Marvin you'll have helped set it up and, and played part of it what's the script right because everyone from the outside always seems to complain about it particularly here in Scotland it's 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 always like a bad word but yeah every top team does it or does a variation of it so what, what what's the deal with it well yeah I don't have to look at Arsenal you know the, I think they conceded one goal or was it zero goals last season from, from corners against and they were they were zonal as I said earlier you so know, wh- why do people criticise it so much because it's very very difficult to get right it's a lot harder to coach than it is you know being man to man there's a reason that you know Rangers decide to go that way I think the important thing is you need blockers you know you can't afford to let somebody have a, a 10 yard run and jump on you and if you're jumping from a standing jump you're never going to win the header so it's all about the blockers it's all about being aggressive and attacking the space uh, when the ball does come into the box but you know as you said the top teams do it for a reason but you have to get it right if you don't get it right things like yesterday mm. can happen and you think how somebody got a free header in there so it'd be something that they look back through with I imagine they got a defensive set piece coach and they will tweak it and they will get it right for next week I, I totally agree with Marv there I think that the, the blockers are really important Conor Golson got a lot of stick last night and I wouldn't just say it's his fault he had mm. a standing jump against a very tall guy who's got a run on him and I think that's difficult to, to defend so again I think it's really important that the blockers get their job right Um and then it can work but it's new to Rangers as well so it will take time for them to master it Did you have a preference as a goalie? To be honest I, I, I liked um, man marking to be honest just because it gave the sort of responsibility mm. everyone knew their job there was no confusion over it um, and, and there's that accountability if you lose a goal who's marking and there's a, a named player against him Amateur psychologist time I've got a theory that this is just a very Scottish thing where we would just prefer to know who to blame rather than worry about what actually, what actually forget, what gives you, forget what gives you the best chance of defending it we just need to know who to blame if yeah. it goes wrong you know that, and that must be it because as you say the top teams all do it or they do a variation of it yeah. so why? It's not Because it, it works it should work they need to know who to blame yeah, if it goes wrong. Uh, Jack and Shettleson, thank you. Jim and Aberfoyle, sum up how you feel after last night. 
I'm not totally disappointed. I thought we could have invented the corners a bit better. But as I said to the producer, I'm quite happy because we now have to go to Eindhoven and play football and take the game to them. And the second point, VAR. What a joke. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Let's do your your first point first, funnily enough. Um, right, what, what pleased you then? What what pleased you about last night? And, then, and let's elaborate on what annoyed you as well. Well, in the first half, they got, they got the break of the ball in that corner. It was like ping ball. The guy, opportunistic goal, got it. For the last 20 minutes, we dominated them. And they couldn't, they couldn't get, get near us. They were, they, they were slightly better in the second half. But I, I have no fear of going to Eindhoven. The only, the only fear is set pieces and the height they have, height advantage they have against us. But apart from that, I think we'll sneak it by the odd goal over there. Yeah, I don't detect too many people who've got it written off amongst the Rangers fans, Marvin. Yeah, but it's something that you know the players won't be kind of taking kind of that laxadaisical kind of uh, approach to it. They know it's a very, very tough game. One thing I will say, in spells yesterday, PSV showed exactly what they were about. I think De Jong flicked one on and the, and the guy missed the target when he probably should have hit the back of the net. So you have to be very, very wary, especially they're going to be at home. Um, you know, it's, it's a massive game for their club as it is for Rangers. I think they'll be better at home. So Rangers have to up their game a little bit as well. I don't think it's just going to come down to mm. set pieces. Um, but no, listen, I agree with Jim. You know, go in there with confidence most definitely, but don't think all they have to do is turn up and win. And I don't think the players will have that attitude anyway. Right, come on, Jim. Referee, VAR, what's he done to annoy you? Um, well, if the, if the penalty two weeks ago that was given against Golson was a penalty, why was the handball in the box last night not a penalty? Cammy? After a VAR check, why wasn't the referee called to go and actually look and see what happened? Well, the boring bit first is because they're completely unrelated because it's one set of eyes looks at one a yeah. couple of weeks ago, a different set of eyes. Different. So I get that fan frustration bit of it. but Again, it is the rules though. It hit above the, the sleeve and that's obviously yeah. the, the what the... The yeah, they kind of changed it though, didn't they? I think armpit is the latest. Um, so that's obviously what VR interpreted, that it yeah. was high enough. Um, again, the Connor Golson one for me, I, I totally disagree. There, there's no that way was different, there, wasn't that, it? that that was. Um, it's a difficult that one. I don't think Connor Golson can do anything about mm-hmm. that. Um, it's a deflection, and then it goes on to him. But again, they've obviously looked at it last night because they dismissed it quite quickly. There wasn't a lot of negotiation over is this a penalty or not, and the referee obviously went over and pointed to Gio where it was hitting yeah. and explained it to him why it hadn't been given this is the problem when you link incidents because I get what Jim's saying he's mm-hmm. saying if Goldson's was a penalty that should have been yeah. but everyone said that Goldson's shouldn't have been a penalty so yeah. we, can't, we can't do that we can't have it both ways and they were different anyway so let's treat it in its own merits last night was it above the armpit, below the armpit? Neither of them are a penalty for me. I think the thing that makes it difficult is that the defender at one point when it goes over, he has his arm fully stretched out. So he thinks to himself, what's his hand doing there? But as Cammy said, where it hits him, 
and obviously you just said it's the armpit line now. I, I thought it was a t-shirt line still as well, but you know I didn't li- listen that much to the referees meeting this year because yeah, I couldn't be <laughs> It keeps changing. But for me, you know, from the rules that I understand, how I understand it to be, that's not a penalty kick. And, and as Cammy said again, the referee went over to Gio and, and said, listen, let's hit him here. Regardless of where his hand was at the start, regardless of it looking at an unnatural position, if it hit his, you know, his forearm or it hit his hand, 100% it's a penalty kick. But I just think where the ball hits him, means that it's not a penalty. And that's just by the rules. You know, that that's just the way that I interpreted the rules. But again, I could be wrong. Probably I'm am wrong. going to keep saying this. Everyone keeps saying, good, get VAR to Scotland because it will get things right for my team. That's what everyone seems to think. <laughs> and yet, this is in the face of countless examples to show that there are meant to be mistakes in football, if it even was a mistake at all. Anyway, thank you, Jim. 01419511025. What do you make of what you've heard so far? Marvin and Cammy talking rubbish. Thought so. Tell them. <laughs> you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Cammy Bell are here. It's been a lively old start. Referees have been getting it. We've been trying to. Analyse zonal marking We've looked at what's good And what's bad about Rangers But that's going to take a while Because it was quite the evening At Ibrox Were you there? Why not pick up the phone? If not you watched it on TV Feel free Let's get all the thoughts in On 01419511025 Stevens and Renfrew uh, What did you make of it overall Stephen? Yeah overall I was pretty pleased um, I thought we were Playing a very good side In PSC They're very well coached Obviously by Mr Roy Um thought that we could have avoided the goals but again when you're playing a good side and there's nervousness in the air and you really want to get to the group stages of the Champions League then you know these things are understandable but uh, I'd like to make a point regarding Don McLaughlin if I can go for it take it away basically I understand that Alan McGregor is 40-41 now and you know he's had a fantastic career etc however when I see John McLaughlin playing, and certainly for the start of this season, Rangers are playing out from the back and passing out from the back. And when I see John McLaughlin get the ball, there's almost like an anxious nervousness in the stands um, because the guy has an inability to play out from the back. Um, he tends to kick it long, which then gives the, the possession back to the opposition rather than Rangers playing out from the back, which is also something Gio is uh, trying to greatly Rangers playing and I just feel that when you've got Alan McGregor sitting on the bench who is arguably better at playing out from the back um, I don't understand why he continues insisting with John McLaughlin when it'll be interesting to see what happens definitely going to get Cammy's thoughts on that just out of curiosity Stephen just so we know more where you're coming from do you think Alan McGregor's much better at, with the ball at his feet than John McLaughlin is? yes Cammy. Yeah, again, for me, I'll start it off with I still think Alan McGregor's the best goalkeeper at the club um, Whether I think he's a lot better with his feet than John McLaughlin I'm not sure, I think they're, they're both They've probably not been in the, the era of playing out from the back Or at clubs that absolutely play out from the back I think Rangers this so it's season not a, It's not what you would say is a particular strength s- of either of them Totally, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying they're bad at it I'm just saying that they're, they're not renowned They're known for playing out from the back Um I think probably Alan's decision making because of the amount of games he's played will be slightly better. Um, but again, John McLaughlin was one last night that we kind of just spoke about that he played to Conor Golson. Conor Golson had a little go at him, but I still think 
Connor Golson could have dealt with that ball. I didn't think it was a particularly mm. bad ball. You're just sticking it, up it, for the goalies, though. You no, listen, that. he went out for a throw in, and, and I think it was. Um, I, I can feel the nervousness, though, when he does get the ball. But again, I don't know if that's because the Rangers fans still have a jury out for him mm. as the number one goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's hard to get rid of, Marvin. You're not just going to suddenly You can't tell people not to feel nervous And if, if that is something that's there It'll stay there Of course And it's something that you know any player feels you know um, When that's happening in the stands Let alone a goalkeeper um, So it's very very difficult You know, There's no doubt about it Alan McGregor signed his new contract really late uh, So you know, I think everyone thought he was going to leave Obviously when he came on in the cup game We thought that kind of was his farewell And John was probably the same You know, This added pressure now to him Having Alan sitting mm-hmm. on the bench behind him probably makes it a lot more difficult but by the way he's three clean sheets in his last four games you know he made a massive save yesterday as well a great save for me so he, he is getting better he, he is Rangers number one I think people need to get behind him now because it doesn't make it any easier for a goalkeeper when they do feel that nervousness do you think there is an added pressure Stephen because it's not the type of night that you couldn't say John McLaughlin cost Rangers last night you couldn't have saved either of the goals as Marvin says there was a decent stop um but but still, there are fans like yourself, and by the way, you're not the only one. I'm going to get to that in a second. Uh, who still feels it's it's an issue? As Cami says, is the jury still out? Is is the spotlight just still on it? Yeah, yeah, possibly. And and in his defence, I would probably go along to say that many Rangers fans remember, like myself, um, remembering Alan McGregor being Rangers number one for so long, uh, and then coming back to the club and being number one again. So. You know, there's probably still an element of support that are loyal towards Alan McGregor. Um, I would probably concede that I'm probably one of them, um, just to the years of service that the guy given us, and I still feel that he's good enough to be our number one and still do a job for us moving forward. Yeah, I, I think he's nailed it right at the end there. He says he's still good enough to be our number one, and I mm. think that's the thought in a lot of Rangers fans' head, and that's why, again, there still is this, for me, a jury out on John McLaughlin, because a lot of fans, and myself, I, to be honest, I'll be absolutely honest, I still feel like Alan McGregor is the best goalkeeper at the club. Um, I, I don't get how he's went from being number one all last season to what's mm-hmm. changed from the start of this season. I understand the contractual situation, and he took his time to, to decide yeah. what he wanted to do. But I still feel as if he's the the best goalkeeper at the club. But he came into criticism as well, didn't he, Alan McGregor last season yeah. as well? And it, it's funny now that John's receiving the same sort of stuff. This just shows you what do I know? Not a lot because <laughs> I I just you get a feel for what the talking points are going to be. I didn't think this would be one tonight, but yeah. it shows you that it's still there and it's going to hang over every Rangers game. Because to prove the point further, John and Shollins is on the line and also wants to the to discuss the goalkeeping issue. John, am I right? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm on for a. Just want to know what the score is with McLaughlin. Because I don't know. Uh, every time you look at the team sheet, uh, you look at your phone, you the team sheet which is coming up, you go, oh no, no again. Because he just will not stay on his line. He, he, you know, he, he comes strolling off his line all the time. I, mean, even, I just saw the goals there on the telly there yeah, again. And he's stunning, stunning looking at the defenders and the boys past him and in the net. Which one of those could he have saved last night, John? Come on. I think he could have made a better, uh, a better try for was it the second one? I think he could have made a better try for it. Got at least, you know what I mean? But just didn't seem to be. I mean, even the the one of the games uh, uh, in the league there, he's been caught off his line with that boy for yeah, Livingston. Uh, Livingston. I mean, again, we, I mean, we're a big club here. We're fighting for forty million pound here. We can't afford any any mistakes now. I'm detecting. A lot here, Marvin Cami. Of it seems 
I'm not sure the rain, some Rangers fans are going to rest until another goalkeeper is signed. I feel like McGregor or McLaughlin, that debate actually isn't even cutting it for most people now, it seems. What, you think they'll, they'll need to sign another goalkeeper? No, I'm talking about the, the calls that are coming in here, because yeah. they're... Everyone's acknowledging Yeah do you know what McGregor was making mistakes At last season Or more than he used to Is he still better for, for Than McLaughlin me, for, for me last season Though Alan McGregor Made two or three mistakes In a short period of time And I remember being on this show And everyone was jumping on him Saying he wasn't good enough He was too old And I said listen You need to stick with him Between now and the end of the season Because he can make Match winning saves And win you big games of football Himself And he's done that, that That's the question I've got over John McLaughlin I think John's a very good goalkeeper But has he got that World-class save That match-winning save Where it changes Sometimes it's It's nil-nil Changes the flow of the game Because yep. Alan McGregor's made a huge save They go up the pitch Score mm. a goal And win the game But I, I, I've not seen John Make many of them yet And telling Marvin The fact we're having this discussion Tells you Quite a lot I'm not saying it It will persuade Giovanni yeah. Van Bronckhorst One way or the other But Well John and Shawlands Thinks John McLaughlin Could have saved them To be fair <laughs> But I think a lot of people Didn't Necessarily point the finger at the goals last night. Yeah, there's no chance for me that he could have saved either of those. I think they're both by him before he could have even react. First and one's I, a miss, it, essentially, it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and it's coming through bodies as well, or he's behind bodies. I think it's so difficult. You know, look at the the amount of games that John's played recently. You know, over the last like two years, he needs to get his eye back in as well. Same for any player. You know, any centre. If you have a centre forward out there, he's played seven starts in the last two seasons. He's not going to hit the form that you expect straight away. And Gio's obviously seen something in him to say he's going to be more number one goalkeeper. And Cameron, you've been a goalkeeper. I'm sure there's come a point in your career when you realise you've gone from you know Cammy Bell 100 percent, and suddenly you, you come off that and you think, wow, I can't do what I used to be able to do. Is Alan? Possibly could be at that point. Now, he's 40 years of age. We don't see him day day in, day out of training. Last season, he came into a lot of criticism. Maybe Gio's seeing that, or the goalie coach is seeing that and saying, hang on a minute, John's better than Alan at this moment in time. Yeah, I, I, I think that period does come in your career, but for me, last season, Alan finished the season really strongly. We did go through that period. It was sort of February time where he, where he made a few mistakes. Mm-hmm. I remember up at Ross County, he made two in the one game. Um, and, and I think he got by that period. Um but again, as you say, we don't see him in day-to-day training. I'm, I was very surprised to see him not start the season because I didn't think he would have signed for the club if he wasn't. Didn't he? Didn't think he was going to be number one? To be honest, I'll tell you what, if John McLaughlin's just switched on his radio, he'll be thinking, "What? Hold on a minute! <laughs> <laughs> what have I done now?" <laughs> I <think that> <laughs> so, John, if you ever do actually make real mistakes, and I get, do not listen the next <laughs> no. night because it will, it will not go well. Um, John in Shawlands. How confident are you Rangers still get the job done? I think they'll struggle with her. I really do. If he's in goal, they will struggle. But to be honest with you, I think the whole team will be changing next week. I think he'll put Jack in the middle and take Davis out of there. Hmm. I think he'll play Morales and go back up front. John, it was nice to speak to you. That's John McGregor, Alan's brother, who's got some <laughs> thoughts for us tonight. 01419511025 or Twitter. At Clyde SSB It's a tough school this Marvin It's a tough school I've actually had to watch that goal back To make sure that my eyes weren't playing up How was he meant to save that? No, listen It was no blame for any of the goals last night As you said before Ellen the show He made a a very good save um, And a crucial save at that time When he came out and smothered it So, very harsh Who would be a footballer man? Who'd be a goalie? Yeah, exactly. More importantly, well, that's Cammy. Uh, right, thanks, Stephen and John. Right, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Good time to call because if you give us a call during the travel, there's a good chance you will be up next. 
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's lead leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Cammy Bell are here, as you would expect, trying our best to dissect everything from Ibrox last night. Still more to come, though. Uh, we're going to hear from Callum McGregor. I'd like to turn our attentions to Hearts in Switzerland at some point as well. Uh, let's hear from Ruud van Nistelrooy, shall we? Household name. Uh, in the opposition dugout last night Former teammate of the Rangers manager as well What did he make of the outcome? Yeah, well I, I thought it was a, a game with two two halves really uh, Rangers were, were on top in the first half Of course we had, we had the goal But I thought Rangers was the better side uh, Second half I think we were, we were just on top And, and were better uh, on the ball We had more possession, created more chances ourselves 2-2 was, I think, was, was a fair result. And now it's all reduced to one, one game, one final, next week in Eindhoven. And, you know, it's going to be uh, something to really look forward to. Was 2-2 fair? I mean, you look at the... I mean, we've had a caller on earlier about saying Rangers should have had a penalty. You don't necessarily agree, but if there is a sense of injustice, you know, fine. And you can say that Rangers shot themselves in the foot to a point because of the way they defended... But let's not forget Tom Lawrence's goal. If you're looking for a stroke yeah. of luck to come along at some point, so did everything almost balance itself out? Yeah, I think it was a fair result, and I think you know neither team or manager deserved to lose that game. Um, I think you know Gio and obviously Rude speaking there would both say after the game, "Listen, we take the draw from that. That's probably is the fairest result, um, no doubt about it." And as I said earlier, it leaves both of them in the tie. What a magical 90 minutes or 120 minutes this can be next week, and. I'm so looking forward to it because if we can get two teams in the Champions League, I'm not sure when the last time there was two teams in the Champions League group stages, probably before my time of coming up absolutely here. Absolutely, was. You know, it'd be absolutely fantastic to have that. You've got Hearts as well flying the flag, and I think they'll go through. So it'd be absolutely brilliant for Scottish football, and I, I really hope it can happen. Just to think, last time there was two teams in the Champions League from Scotland, you had all never even heard of Marvin Barley. <laughs> Life was a much more terrible place. Uh, let's bring in Jamie in Edinburgh. I think it was through first. Jamie, what's your point tonight? Hi there, panel. Um, just thought everybody's been a wee bit unfair on John McLaughlin. I thought he made the right decisions last night at the right time. Made two brilliant saves. One on one with the player um, at the end, Joe Tavernier was caught in position. Um, and I've no idea how Tom Lawrence got married in March because I thought Barisic was amazing last night. I thought he was brilliant. I got a bit of defence for John McLaughlin. I like that purely for balance because I always just like to, to hear all sides of the argument. Um, there's a positive getting thrown in from. Jamie as well Borna Barisic you having that? Yeah I, I thought he had a decent game last night I, I felt as if because there has been times recently he has struggled I, I think he's a confidence player um, but he had a, a good solid game last night so hopefully that'll continue for Rangers going forward but going back to his point with John McLaughlin last night as I said I, he's not a blame for mm. any goals at all um, I think he did have a couple of very good saves at the right moments for Rangers and he's going to have to mm. do that next week that's going to be the the big test next week it could be that it comes down to John McLaughlin's performance to be honest What were the other positives Marvin J- um, Jamie's picked out Borna Barisic pre-match on the show We the, the big team news was Stephen Davis barely featured in any of Rangers European games towards the end of last season he's made one appearance in a, any competition this year pitched in last night about the pass for the for the goal, oh, um, his quality is absolutely unbelievable, you know, and, and that is a player that you can throw in there with the experience that he has, the calmness that he gives everybody else as well, because he'll take the ball in absolutely any position, whether he's got one or two players on him, he'll take it, he'll keep, he'll keep it simple, he'll get back possession for the team, and it will just usher the team into good areas. So, 
you know, I think it was a masterstroke from Gio playing him. Um, you know, and I think he'll be rested on Saturday and it'll be same again next Tuesday. Go and play, oh, sorry, next Wednesday, go and play for us and kind of go and help the team in the centre of the park. But yeah, his pass was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, Jimmy, you've done the the honourable thing. You've given us some positives. What about on the other hand? What what frustrated you? What annoyed you last night? Just maybe a wee bit of lack of pace. I think um, obviously we've just got Kent up front. Tillman's got a good set of legs on him as well. Um, but Lawrence, a wee bit slow, but he's got a good football brain. So obviously Matondo, even Sakala, give Sakala a wee break. I mean, give him a chance. He's not even had a chance in Lugio this season, I think. Um, and not even bringing Barrios on, I think. <laughs> criminal for the last 15, 20 minutes at least. The boy needs some minutes. So um, I should have definitely made subs a wee bit sooner as well. No Morelos, was that a surprise for you? It was a surprise that he didn't he didn't come on. Um, definitely before the game, you know, you're looking at the substitution uh, that Rangers could possibly make and he would have been one that you thought, yeah, he'll come on. But, you know, the way that Cholak played, am I surprised? No, I think, you know, that danger of him being able to go in behind, I think, you know, allowed PSV. They had to, the centre-halves had to be concentrated at all times. Um, I think, you know, it was a perfect game for him yesterday. He kept them on their toes and I think he created space for, you know, the ball players, especially in the Rangers midfield, to play. So I was surprised it didn't come on, but the way the game actually panned out, you know, Gio's made the right corners. The reason he's a top manager. Yeah, it was just the double change at the same time. 71 minutes, I think, Kamara and Scott Wright came on mm-hmm. for Tillman and Stephen Davis. So as as Jamie said, you know, fine, no, no fashion Sakala, who he mentions. I've not seen a lot of him. Yeah. But maybe, you know, Rabi Matondo falls into a similar bracket. Um, were you surprised at the lack of changes? Or? I, I, to be honest, I, I probably wasn't. I, I knew there would be a couple of changes and they were pretty much light for light for the players that, that swapped. Um, I didn't think he needed to think of it that much. The game was still in the balance throughout the whole 90 minutes. The Rangers were playing well in periods as well, so I just I didn't see the need for Gio to go and make huge changes or changes formation. It was just sort of freshening the, the, the players up, really, to be honest. So, no, I wasn't too surprised when when you watch the game and the way the game did pan out. Um, and as I say, I, I, I'm I'm quite happy the way that he answered the question on Morelos as well because I think it does mean that he's the man that's making the decisions. And it was kind of the the journalists that were the questioning him and probably fans that were questioning him for not putting um, Morelos on. But um, Gio knows more than us. Is he fit enough to play? We don't know that. Jamie, job getting done next week. About 50-50 at the minute. Obviously, a weight tie, Dutch crowd. It's going to be hard, it's going to be difficult. Uh, I mean, I'll be watching it. Me and my mates are going out to watch it. But uh, I'm hopeful. Obviously, work life at the minute, Thursday, Sunday, doesn't sound too bad. But uh, I'll take Champions League money any day. I thought you might say that. I don't think anyone <laughs> would, would turn that down, Jamie in Edinburgh. Thank you very much. 01419511025. Here's a bit more of the Rangers manager. Well, I'm very, I'm a very positive person, you know, and, and and you know, of course we are, we are, we are able to go through. I, I mean, we we've showed it also in the past where we can get a result away from home. Uh, it's going to be a difficult game. Uh, I think probably similar the 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 way you uh, saw the game today, but I'm confident we have the chance in one game to go through. It's still it's still even. So. Uh, yeah, we have to go out there and uh, and play for uh, for everything, and that's uh, group stage of the Champions League. Right, let's bring in James and Sterling. How are you, James? Are you well? I'm good, thank you, guys. Good man. What about, what about last night then? Uh, I was actually quite happy with the, the way Rangers played. Now, since the first game in in Belgium, I was 
I was a bit critical of them and it, it was more about tactics rather than the players on the park. Uh, what I'd said to a few of my friends uh, where I, I thought Rangers would have to make changes for the next game, he seemed to he seemed to do that. And I've learned to trust Gio in the, in the way he's developing. What my concern is uh, for last night, some of the guys have pointed on about uh, Morelos not being brought on. Uh, I think maybe to an extent that he could be saving this for next week and I'm hoping uh, after listening to the the analysis with Kolak who's very good at receiving balls coming in from the wings he seemed to be attacking there not so much at getting the ball in the middle and holding up which Morelos is good with I reckon having the two of them on the park at some point is going to is going to have PSV thinking a bit more about how they defend against Rangers rather than worrying about what's happening at the other end of the park with the keeper, uh, he's settling in okay, he, uh, and he's he needs a bit of time. And it's big games like this the experience that he will uh, gain from. But I think the only thing, as far as Gio's concerned, is the tactics are they're developing as, as he's going with each game. So I've learned to be a bit less critical of uh, silly little mistakes. Everybody makes them, you know. What do you think? I've seen a little bit of this on social media. How much of Cholak and Morelos on the same pitch at the same time are we likely to see? Um, next week, I, I don't think we will see that unless the Rangers go behind and they're looking to try and get a goal back. I, I don't see them starting with with two the two of them playing together. It would be interesting to see them playing against each other, but I just think the way the game's going to go next week, I, I can't see them starting with the two of them together. No, I'm in total agreement. You know, I can't see them. Both playing together at all, unless they are I think chasing the, the Rangers game. manager said as much, didn't he? Yeah, I mean they're not going to change their their shape or you know the style, the philosophy that he's introducing to Rangers Football Club because he's got you know a striker that's doing extremely well and what's perceived to be his number one striker sitting on the bench. This is football, you know, and as I said, it'd be a perfect headache for Gio because Morales needs to come on and when he does play, he has to do well. Now he has that pressure upon him, so for a manager, it, it's absolute dreamland for him. And if he does need him, you know, on Saturday against Hibs, which I think he'll start that game, or he does need him next Wednesday, he knows when he comes on, he has to impact the game. And, you know, that's the manager's dream, as I just said. Uh, the clip we heard from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, James talks about him being a very positive person. You sound like you're on the same uh, page there because there were certain issues that fans have raised last night, but you didn't think there was too much to get annoyed about. Uh, no, because you're playing against a big team and uh, it shows... It kind of shows how he's uh, developing the team as he's going along. Now, you touched on the zonal marking earlier and how the big teams all do that. Uh, as I think Rangers need to adapt to that and uh, and learn as, as they go. Uh, back on the touch on the point with Morelos and Kolac, I was actually thinking more along the lines that, that is something that at a point next week... Right, during Rangers the game. Yep. ...that uh, a change of tactics and bringing on that and then making them think about it. They don't need to wait to go one down, but if it's into the second half and a half an hour to go, it's all level. You know what I mean? It can If they've got a change of tactics like that in hand with an attacking uh, sense, it's going to make PSV a bit more maybe nervous at home as well with the crowd getting on top of them if, they're, if, they're, uh, if they haven't scored, if, say if it's sitting 0-0 or whatever at the time. So you can then use that kind of the positive... Uh, Attacking mentality. Put your extra striker on and see how, see how they go on. So overall, then, are you feeling confident about next week, James? You think last night, all the stuff about you know wanting to win the home game because that's where Rangers are at their best. You think that can all be overcome next week? 
Well, like Gina said himself, uh, travelling away from home, uh, Rangers have got a good record. They showed that last year. Uh, going to a stadium where it's another big uh, big and wild crowd, I don't think it's going to affect the Rangers players. They're used to playing at, playing at Ibrox with crowds like that. So I think they'll take that in the stride. What I think will make the difference next week is how positive Rangers are when when they get the opportunity to press and uh, put PSV under pressure because the, the opportunities will come. Yeah, Marvin, James also you know, touched on a bit of a discussion earlier about the way Rangers defended. I think the obvious conclusion would be that'll need to be brushed up a bit for next week. So you have noticed that change in the summer. They are, they are now defending zonally. They didn't normally do that. You analysed them last season. You played them this season. It is different, yeah? Yeah, it's totally different. Um, you know, it's something that Gio's obviously introduced at the start of this season from their first pre-season game. They've done it right up until, you know, the game yesterday. And as I said earlier, you know, it's something that statistically shows that it's better, but it takes a bit of time to, to kind of work out. And during that time, unfortunately, you're going to make mistakes. Like you saw yesterday with the second goal, I think that can be kind of avoided. But, you know, they've gone zonal. That's absolutely fine. You know, they'll look at it, they'll analyse it again, they'll realise the mistake and it won't happen again. And this is the thing with zonal marking. Each time a mistake does happen, you have to say, right, that can't happen again. And this is the reason why it can't happen. And this is a change we'll make. And I touched on Arsenal earlier. They do it fantastically well. So, you know, a lot of top teams do it. Um, Rangers will be absolutely fine, but there's going to be the kind of a bed and in period. And unfortunately, a mistake came yesterday from it. Top man, James. We'll speak to you soon, hopefully. Okay, thanks very much, guys. Good man. That was James in Stirling. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Right, it is Beat the Pundit time. My highlight of the night to see how nervous Cammy Bell and Marvin Bartley get. And see, to be honest, the great thing about tonight for you two, right, this is all that you've got to beat from last night. This is Do better than this and you're <laughs> on to a winner. Oh hold on! I'll tell you what. Let me turn that up for you because you're going to want you're, you're going to want to hear this in all its glory. In which Dutch city do PSV play their home games? Uh, Amsterdam. <laughs> it's worth another listen, isn't Amazing. it? Amazing. In which Dutch city do PSV play their home games? Uh, Amsterdam. Seriously. The clue is in the team name So do better than that And you're on to a winner If you want to play tonight 01419511025 And you need to call before 7 o'clock Let's hear from you Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Play one super scoreboard Cammy Bell and Marvin Bartley are here It's 01419511025 Or it's Twitter at Clyde SSB There is a lot being said About the Rangers game last night Some of it good Some of it bad Some complaints about referees And VAR It really is All they are very busy On the phones tonight So keep the calls coming in If you want to change the topic Celtic fans Hearts fans Whoever else is out there Now's a good time to do it Pick up the phone And we will play this first Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. You know that old saying, Marvin, about Glasgow buses? Yeah. Do you actually? Yeah. No, I was just wondering, because last week on the show we learned that Marvin didn't know what a square goal was. <laughs> oh. Until yeah. Jim Duffy and Neil Lennon had a square goal <laughs> on the touchline. Because Jim Duffy was in last week. Marvin played in that that Infamous game Remember that uh, So I'm just double checking That you're getting up to speed On the lingo Anyway The bus analogy I was complaining The listeners were not Producing enough victories Two nights in a row Unheard of Stops today Andy Halliday Who never loses At Beat the Pundit 
Lost on Monday night on a tiebreaker Gordon DL after his old Amsterdam Eindhoven incident <laughs> Lost on a tiebreaker last night So Ryan and Airdrie You have the chance to make history A hat-trick for the listeners Are you up for the challenge? Yes I am Good, I like it I like your positivity I'll toss the coin If it's heads it will be Marvin Bartley Are you and sure? I'm definitely tails, heads here, yeah? You are, yeah okay. This is interesting Because you've yeah, swapped yeah, sides at the studio Yeah, yeah. Right, so your heads right, For cool. the avoidance of doubt yeah. Your tails, okay? Let's go Cool <laughs> Wow Heads it is <sighs> Pressure's on you, Ryan Let's go Heads it is Let's give Marvin Some Clyde 2 to listen to So that he can hear us Ryan, 30 seconds Just answer as many as you can And pass if you don't know, okay? Okay, cheers. Right, top man Your time starts now How many European Cup Or Champions League finals Have Celtic played in? Two since the SPFL era began, name the only South American to win the Scottish Premiership Golden Boot. Pass. Who managed Aberdeen to their 2014 League Cup final victory? Derek McInnes. Name any Italian club side that Reno Gattuso's played for. Casey Moran. Who was the last non-Scot to manage the Scotland men's national team? Bertie Vogt. Who's bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Simone. Who's Rangers' current longest-serving player? James Tavernier. Okay. You ready, Marvin? No. You're under pressure, shall we? Did he do well first? You'll have to wait and see, won't you? Okay. He's bouncing up and down on his toes. He's I'm ready. ready. Yes, he's yeah, he's, he's incredible. Right, 30 seconds. You ready? Yep. Okay, your time starts now. How many European Cup slash Champions League finals have Celtic played in? Two. Since the SPFL era began, name the only South American to win the Scottish Premiership Golden Boot. Morales. Who managed Aberdeen to their 2014 League Cup final victory? Derek McInnes Name any Italian club side that Reno Gattuso has played for throughout his career AC Milan Who was the last non-Scot to manage the Scotland men's national team? 30 votes Which team are currently bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Ross County Who's Rangers current longest serving player? James Tavener Okay Ryan, how did it go? Ah, he's beat me (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, don't you get carried away how do you know? Ryan might be talking rubbish. I hope not. I hope so. Oh. If we got that reaction on camera, producer Chris, brilliant. If he loses after shadow boxing the air <laughs> in celebration, I'm going to make sure that goes viral. Let's find out. It was a good start for you, Ryan. You knew uh, it was your team, of course. You're a Celtic fan. Inter Milan in '67, quite a famous one. In case you hadn't heard of it, uh, and then Feyenoord 1970. Two. So you both got that right. One all. Since the SPFL era began, name the only South American to win the Scottish Premiership Golden Boot, Alfredo Morelos. Who did Ryan say? Ryan passed it, I think. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Listen to this disrespect. <laughs> See, Ryan's a Celtic fan. He knew it was Morelos, just didn't want to oh, say yeah. it. Just, uh, not, not giving him the credit. <laughs> uh, who managed Aberdeen to their 2014 League Cup final victory? You both got it. Well done, it was Derek McInnes. What was significant about that final? Derek McInnes was the manager. Where was it played? Murrayfield. Celtic Park. Oh. Remember? Commonwealth Games was on and all yes. that stuff. So anyway. Um, was it 2-1 to Marvin? Yeah, yeah that's, that's not bad. Right. Name any Italian side that Reno Gattuso played for. AC Milan, you both went for, that's correct. Both got it. Mm-hmm. Both got Bertie votes. 
it's a tight game. It's a tight game. He is still losing. <laughs> Who's bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Ryan said St. Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> what is the score? <laughs> <sighs> they beat Ross County at the weekend, Ryan. That's the problem. And <laughs> see the thing is Ryan's decent He knew that Rangers Longest serving player Was James Tavernier One, two, three, oh, four. Oh, on fire A five What out of five? A five for Ryan And a seven For you You got seven out of seven That's incredible This is incredible Ryan, this is unheard of No no Before game. we get carried away Come on then Now obviously you've never been in this position I have once before Because I know what happens huge. What happens You ask me the rest, remaining oh, questions See if I can get 10 out of 10 see if you can get a 10 Let's Whoa. do it Oh no Look at the next question <laughs> <laughs> Who captained Livingston In their 2021 League Cup <laughs> final <laughs> Who was it Marvin Bartley Let's go oh, You were hopelessly <laughs> lost That was a runner's up medal for you I was crying as well man uh, oh, You were crying actually Yeah We'll get to that in a minute oh, Why wow. were you crying It's not like you Because I knew the end was near And then Amy <laughs> sent me a picture of her Drinking champagne Oh she's a St Johnson exactly. fan Get her friend St Johnson fan beginning of the end for did you not also play like left wing back or something? Yes, I'm talking about Is that, that a touchy <laughs> subject? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've seen some interesting things in my time. Wow. That's when I knew I was done. Uh, <laughs> how many current Scottish Premiership teams has Lawrence Shankland played for? Three. Oh, it's four. Oh, it was a four. <laughs> Aberdeen, St. Mirren, Dundee United, and Hearts. Oh. Game over. Oh, no time Aberdeen. for Aberdeen. Yeah. Yeah, they signed him first, didn't yep, they? From yep. from Queens Park before your time. Oh, perhaps. what was the last one? That ah, doesn't matter. Name any major trophy Kieran Tierney's won with Arsenal. Oh wow, I had ten. Well, you wouldn't. You got you got well, one. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Big Arsenal doesn't fan matter. as well. Yeah. Ryan, sorry you had to go through that. He behaved disgracefully, and then we had to sit and listen if he could get the ten. Uh, honestly, it'll be a lot time for him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready, Ryan. I love you. He did well, to be fair. He did well. If you were playing against somebody else, you'd have probably won. <laughs> There'll be another time for him. Yeah, 100% <laughs> record. I like it. Well done, Marvin. See, gritted teeth. Yuck. <laughs> anyway, that was quite good. Good standard. Really yeah, good standard. Good, good standard tonight. I'm roasting that, uh, by the way. Good standard. <laughs> uh, just quickly, it, it's on another night that, you know, this would be one of the top stories for sure. But of course, the game last night on your question about James Tavernier, new contract today. Cammy Bell, what do you make of that? Yeah, um, not surprised that um, I was actually on holiday recently. His family were in the same hotel. My, my wife and his wife were our friends, so um, she was telling me that he was close to signing. And he was. You might have he, told us a few weeks ago it was listen, done. Listen, no, he, he was he was absolutely delighted because he's he's loved his time at the club and and for me he's done fantastic. He's grew into that captaincy and he he's going to be a legend at that club. That's what he's going to be. Yeah, I mean he's going to be no well it'll be testimonial territory by by that point. Captain Dinner. You know, European final and so on, and and the amount of games he's going to be captain mm-hmm. if he continues mm-hmm. his form and stays in the team, so he could be right up there with with the best. Yeah, I mean the appearances, Marvin, right now already it's quite a number. Yeah, it looks like he'll be here for another while. Magnificent, really, really is. And you know, let's be honest, during his time as captain, he's dealt with a bit of adversity as well. You know, when he had the notes in there and he bounced back from that and. I can tell you, as a footballer, that's extremely tough to do, let alone a, a massive club. And as Cammy said there, you know. He'll go from strength to strength with them and I'm sure he's absolutely delighted to stay there because there's no better place for him at this time in his career. Any thoughts on that, Rangers fans? Feel free, 01419511025. Let's bring in Kevin, who's a Celtic fan uh, from Bells Hill. What's your point tonight, Kevin? Yeah, uh, about tomorrow's draw, uh, Champions League. 
really looking forward to it. I think it's next week. Yeah. You've got a while to wait, Kevin. Sorry, sorry. Is it next week? Sorry next to Thursday, disappoint yeah. you. You've taken the day off work and everything for it. No, no chance. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can look ahead to next week. I just don't want your Friday being ruined. Well, I actually thought it was tomorrow. Don't worry about that. We all make mistakes. What, what are you thinking when it does come around? I want the big guns. Oh, he wants a glamour. I noticed that. Was it Greg, Greg Taylor? Saw comments from him speaking about Real Madrid. I think Callum McGregor name checked Real Madrid. I, I'm sure he did. That, that seems to be the one that keeps jumping out. We had a brief discussion on this last week. No doubt we'll get stuck into it next week as well. Um, but it's, it's, it's the obvious debate, isn't it? Do you want the, the memorable nights, the or you know the glamour, the the big names? Or do you want the best chance of progressing, or do you want one of each? I don't know. From the from the top two pots, bring the big teams. I'm agreeing with the players. Bring the big teams. That that's what you want. That's what they're in the Champions League for. They must be dreaming now of bringing you know Real Madrid or Manchester City or a PSG and you know play them at Celtic Park. Absolutely fantastic. Forget about you know thinking oh we might be able to get through this. Bring the big teams. Play against the best players in the world. Get the lights flashing at Celtic Park. You know I was lucky enough to go and watch them via PSG and obviously you know we all know what the score was. But what a fantastic atmosphere that was. You know and that was my first Champions League game up in Scotland and you know I absolutely enjoyed it impeccably before anyone starts I'm not a Celtic fan not a Rangers fan I'm a Hibs fan but I love watching football and that night was absolutely fantastic so I'm in agreement with the players bring the big teams to Scotland would a real Hibs fan have felt the need to say that and justify it in that way <laughs> well you know just today someone said to me on, on Twitter you know you only tweet about Rangers and then he's like oh and Dundee United oh and you know so I just thought you know what let's put out the mouth yeah, yeah exactly let's put it out there just for the avoidance of doubt no one <laughs> believes you um, <laughs> Trust me, right? <laughs> um, yeah, Cami, it's it's always it's always the same. You, you maybe have to try and balance them out. I've even seen right. Go on, get get one of them. Then we'll take Real Madrid, but we would like pot two to be as easy as possible. I don't know. How do you how do you see it? It's a hard one for me. I, I'm probably the opposite from Marvin. I I think Celtic as a football club won the teams that they thoroughly believe they can go and get results against to progress. Because listen, it's all about progression. Ange Postacoglu will want teams that he knows they can beat. Listen, you can beat anybody on your day, but I just think the draw is so big for Celtic, it kind of determines for me whether they have a realistic chance to progress, mm-hmm. which would be fantastic for Scottish football. Kevin, hang on the line, if you don't mind, because I want to get your thoughts on this as a Celtic fan. Callum McGregor says, yes, he wants to, to face Real Madrid. Uh, he also thinks having two teams in the groups would show the strength of the Scottish League. Big teams, probably the one that I think most Celtic fans would like is, is Real Madrid, probably similar in, in terms of having not played against them yet. But we know that anybody we get drawn again against will be a top team and, and a big challenge for us. So we're, we're always looking forward to that as well. That's the thing that the league is strong. The league, the league is getting stronger. You can see all the teams strengthening. And you see obviously Rangers' success in, in Europe last season in terms of getting to the final, the Europa League. It, it was then a good advert for the for the league in, in terms of the, where the quality was. So for the the two teams to be in the top competition, then of course it, it tells you the strength of the league. Yeah, I mean, also, you know, Marvin, you you love that sort of stuff. You're always a, we've adopted you. You're a big advocate of Scottish football getting the respect it deserves. That would be one way to sort of send a bit of a message out there. Most definitely, you know, and I think Rangers did a lot of that last season. You know, getting to the final, but having two teams in the Champions League, we've already got Celtic there, absolutely fantastic. And you know, if we can get a second team there as well, brilliant for the league. 
you know, as I said, you know, then gives us a better chance of bringing even bigger teams. So I know Cammy wants, you know, them to be in, in groups that they can possibly get through. But I want the big game so I can try and get a ticket, Cammy. Sorry, I'm being selfish, <laughs> mate. Uh, Kevin, Kel McGregor also said he felt Celtic had benefited from not having Champions League qualifiers. How do you feel about the start to the season? Because we've been used to that, you know, kind of midweek stuff that Celtic haven't done it yet. Well, it's fighting bay. They're having a rest. They're playing every Saturday or Sunday. They're not playing midweek. They're not playing qualifiers. So, fans can get the players mm. in the training ground, get them going, see what's happening, give them a bit of respite as well. Um, I think the rest's the obvious one, right? But, I don't know, do you need, do you need a rest at this time in the season at all? I wonder if the, the most pertinent bit is the bit that Kevin mentions about the training because you you know you're going through pre-season and you're trying to really hammer home what you want to do this season and the style that you want to play in but all of a sudden you've got these games and you're having to maybe adapt to different type of opponents maybe teams that play a different way mm-hmm. and, and you know you're focused on winning winning the games do you think Celtic can benefit from or, or or are they good for getting you up to speed I, I don't know which side do you prescribe to No I think they're definitely benefiting from you know, having week-to-week games, you know, as Kevin just said there, I think, you know, Andrew's a bit critical of the players after the Aberdeen game and, you know, what's allowed him, you know, leading to the Ross County game is to have, you know, six days or whatever, five days on the training pitch and then the Kilmarnock game. For me, Celtic and that Kilmarnock game were absolutely breathtaking. Honestly, some of the, the patterns of play, Greg Taylor was absolutely brilliant, but the way they moved the ball, um, you know, creating chances, scoring five goals and, and all this done on a very, very difficult pitch, by the way, because there's no doubt about it and I agree with what Kilmarnock did, they didn't water the pitch. They tried to make it as difficult as possible for Celtic to go there and win the game. But the way they played in that game, honestly, that performance for me was right up there. And to do that so early on in the season at a difficult place on a difficult pitch, I mean, honestly, pats on the back to all the players and kind of the coaching staff and manager. What do you think, Cammy, that unique position or the rare position that Celtic are in? Because usually our teams need to qualify, but they don't this season. Yeah, but again, it's giving credit to where Scottish football is at the moment that we have a team going straight into the Champions League, which I think is fantastic. But they're absolutely reaping the benefits from being able to spend more time on the training pitch, gel as a team, and get Angie's way of playing that he wants to get over to all the players. And as Marv said at the weekend, breathtaking, really, really good. And they just need to continue that form. But yes, it, Scottish football is in a really good place at the moment. I, I firmly believe if Rangers can qualify, we get Hearts in as well. And yeah, we're looking really, really good. And it, it, for me, it's been coming over the last few years. The standard's been getting better. We've been getting better players to Scottish football. Um, so it's it's all positive for me. Uh, yeah, we've got another thought that came in here from... Oh, where was it? Where was it? I think it was Chris, was it? Anyway, let me find it. It was about Ross Barkley. Um, Sean it was. I don't know where I got Chris from. Sean and Dennis earlier on was asking about Ross Barkley and the, I don't know if you've seen these links with Celtic mm-hmm. Is what do you make of that? If it's a player that they can bring in um, you know and he kind of still has the hunger to go and play then you know I'm sure they'll make the right call on it um, it's how much Ross Barkley has left in the tank and how much you know he, he wants to play football um, you know 28 years of age I, I know still at a, a very very good age he's just not played a lot of football you know Aaron Ramsey came last season and you know he found it difficult to get up to speed but I think the difference with this one he'll be coming in the summer um, you know, there's no doubt about it. If he's capable of doing, you know, the things that he should be able to do at 28 years of age, he improves Celtic Football Club, no doubt about it. And it would be a, a transfer or a loan that the club would be going, you know, full tilt ahead, um, trying to bring in. But you know, I think there's a, a few obstacles to clear at this moment in time with that one. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not 100% sure they need him, but I, he still would be a very good signing. Um, as Mal said, I think the important thing is between him and Ramsey, when Ramsey came in, I was always questioning the time scales he had to get up to, to speed for Rangers. Barkley's got a lot of time. It would be a full season loan, so Celtic would benefit from him joining the squad. I'm not going to say he's going to be a player that will play every single week, but... Yeah, I think they will be looking to recruit between now and the end of the window. Thank you, Kevin. 01419511025. I'm sure there will be more thoughts on Rangers last night. We're going to look ahead to Harps game against FC Zurich as well and get these guys a full time teaser next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 01419511025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Cammy Bell are here. It's 01419511025. On the phones, we have been reacting to Rangers last night. We've had a bit of discussion there about Celtic and their uh, European journey. Hearts are on theirs. So they're on their travels at the moment. There's a lot still to get through. So pick up that phone and let us know what is on your mind. We do have. A good full-time teaser for you. Um, I like this. Now, the idea is you send the questions in, Marvin and Cammy or whoever the pundits are, try and come up with the answers by the end of the show. So Stephen Makara sent this one in. Since the last time Hearts beat Celtic in the league at Celtic Park, which was 2007, there have been 11 different Scots to score in the fixture for Celtic at home. Can you name them? So since the last time... Hearts beat Celtic in the league at Celtic Park 2007 11 different Scots have scored at Celtic Park for Celtic James Forrest More than once Seems like a good place to start Cammy. McGregor Yes, more than once um, Tierney No I was all my powers on the Beat the Pundit, pundit. <laughs> <laughs> It was an energy sapping victory for you I must say no? Okay, I'll give you some thinking time. I've got a man on the line who will know some of the answers or he's tried to forget about them. Hopefully he won't give any away because that's not allowed. And we need to balance it up. I've just realised two ex-Hibs players in the studio need to add a bit of a maroon tinge to things. So Liam is on the line, Big Hearts fan uh, from the This Is My Story podcast. How's it going, Liam? I'm good, I'm good. If you told me they were on it, I said no. And I, see, I, 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 I deliberately, deliberately kept that from you. Um Massive week though FC Zurich Away tomorrow Just sum up How exciting all is Aye It's brilliant It's massive And I feel Parts have Sort of been the luckiest Out of all the Scottish sides As we have literally The free hit Don't we We go win The two legged games here We've got Europa League football Which Probably beyond our dreams But brilliant for the football club You lose You're in the conference And you got European football To the end of the year So Aye Mega exciting uh, Hopefully with any day in Alkmaar and we go out and see Scotland proud. Yeah, I mean, I'd kind of convinced myself that it was not a bad draw and, you know, I could see Hearts maybe doing something. Then I remember, you know, they actually won the Swiss League last season and there are some decent teams in the Swiss League. I don't know, how, how do you feel about your chances overall, Liam? Well, look, European football, is it's different now, isn't it? There is no easy games. You look at the situation with Motherwell, you look at the situation with Dundee United, it didn't really matter who we pulled at the hat. It was always going to be a tough ask the the difference is I think Hearts are a good side uh, I think we've, we've had a good transfer window we've, we've sort of been in a a better position in terms of how to build than sort of your Aberdeens Motherwells and sort of Hibs because they're doing rebuilds whereas we the spine of our team is they're on long term contracts they've, they've done brilliant in the league now you want to go and, and show that 
in the European stage, you know, like Stephen Kingsley, for example, who's been phenomenal in the SPFL for us. Barry Mackay as well, Lauren Shanklin, now they're, they're going to go and play in the European stage and, and you just hope that they take that opportunity and just go and really show themselves and, and show everybody how good Scottish football actually is. Do you think it helps? We, you know, we've been speaking actually in the context of Rangers and Celtic about when these games come because quite often our Scottish teams, they might have been up against it anyway, but they go into these games in July and they're, they're a bit undercooked. Do you think it helps having had a good start to the season under your belt? Well, it's actually it's a strange one because I, I've spent my, my my last few years hating the League Cup, and now that we've not played in it and I've watched our first three games, I thought that in spells we've been quite rusty. And you think, you know, the teams we played against Ross County, for example, in the opening game of the season, they battered us for forty five minutes, and you could tell that they'd played competitive games, and and we hadn't. And then if you look at the Motherwell situation with Sligo, you're telling me that they. They would never benefited from maybe a couple of games in the League Cup to get up to speed and no sort of be on the back foot. So, yeah, I can understand what you're saying. It, it it probably does help that we've played some competitive football, but I don't think that. Well, I think Andy Halliday said it earlier as well that I don't think we're anywhere near our best yet or or have been our best yet. So hopefully Thursday's the day for it. Yeah, Hibs allegiances to one side, Marvin. That's another fantastic night for Scottish football tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I agree with Liam. I've got full confidence that Hearts win this game. Um, not only tomorrow's game, but obviously they win, you know, over the two legs. Um, FC Zurich did win the league last season, but they've started extremely poorly this one. That's you know, true. Lost a few players over the summer. I think they've got two points out of kind of five games. I think Hearts are strengthened extremely well. Um, you know, this summer, I think, you know, since coming back to the Premier League, the team has gone from strength to strength. And, you know, to think 18 months ago, Robbie Nielsen, you know, the fans kind of wanted them out when they were towards the top of the championship. I think it's been nothing but positive coming out of Tynecastle for the last 18 months. And I think it will continue tomorrow. I really, really do. I think they're a fantastic team. And at this moment in time, they're the third best team in Scotland for me. Yeah. And as you say, FC Zurich covered that miserable start to this season. Uh, what have you made of Hearts so far, Cami, and, and their chances? Yeah, I, I think they started the season fairly well. Ross County, the first game, it, it was sort of a game of two halves. Hearts got going in the second half. Um, but then, again, dominated the derby, but didn't get the result they wanted and then had a good reaction, obviously, at the weekend where they went and uh, beat Dundee United comfortably. So I think they've, they've have improved as the as the games have went on. I think they're in a good place. As Mal says, I think they've recruited really well during the summer. Shanklin, for me, is... Um, everybody knows he's a top striker in this league um, and I think he'll go and do the business for them in Europe so yeah I'm, I'm really I'm rooting for them because you want as many Scottish teams in these European competitions as possible and, and I agree with Marv I think they'll go and do the job And did you hear Andy on Monday night show he was explaining that they'd been whipped off to some sort of heat altitude chamber and had to do a, a spin class in I think 35 degrees at altitude Really? At the University of the West of Scotland on Monday That's how they've prepared nice. do, you, do you like the sound of that? Because I certainly nope. don't I definitely don't And that's one of the reasons I've retired But they've stayed haven't they? Did they train in Scotland? They didn't use the pitch I saw something about Robbie yeah. Nielsen yeah, yeah, they, they said yeah. they were going to train here And then, then fly across um, Liam I've got a question for you Can we have Alan Forrest back please? Mate how good is he? He's one of those signings that like, And this is no disrespect to him It's probably just what happened but he wasn't the one that got you at your seat when mm-hmm. I realised what we were linked to him you're thinking right he's going to be a squad player it'll be good to come on with 10-15 minutes to go but for the very first I've seen him in a couple of the pre-seasons and thought he just adds something different to, yeah. to what we have because on one side we've got Barry McKay who's just direct he just wants to take the player on he's always looking for a positive pass 
and that's exactly the mirror of the other side now with, with Forrest. He's been brilliant since he came in. Uh, he just looks like a brilliant guy, too. Like he, he just gets stuck in. He's never had in any of the matches, so you're not getting him back. <laughs> Cheers, pal. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not surprised that he's gone and done so well? No, I'm not surprised at all. And it, and it kind of made me laugh. You know, As Liam said, there was a few fans on social media when, when Alan signed, and one of them was like, oh, yeah... You know, like like Liam said, there'll just be a squad player. I think we just signed him because he's UK based for the rules, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I said, watch when this boy comes into the building. Um, for me, he's absolutely fantastic. I think he's better down the left than the right, if I'm honest. Um, but he can play both sides. But he just stops defenders and then seems to go past them. You know, brilliant, brilliant footballer who, who obviously you know did really well at Air. Came to Livingston. The start from was extremely difficult, but for the last year at us, he was he was brilliant. He's taken that form into hearts, and I think. You know, as Liam said there, you know, being probably a bigger club with 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 probably you know, mm. being respectful, better players in and around him, he'll go from strength to strength. There seems to be a bit of buzz, not not that there wasn't before anyway, Liam, but it's really picking up again about Barry Mackay. I don't want to give it away, right? But Gordon Diel's well known on this show for having his favourites, right? Scott Arfield's one of his favourites. He always always talks about it, as I'm sure you've heard before, Liam. And um, but he's. He, Again, I don't want to give too much away because I'm sure he'll elaborate tomorrow. But there's big news: he's invited Barry McKay into his his stable of favourites because he's been <laughs> waxing lyrical to me about him for the last few weeks, and I take it it's deserved. Absolutely, and the thing that that really excites me the most is Ellis Sims last season was brilliant, right? And you, you've seen that now at the start of the championship. But Lawrence Shankland just suits. Alan Forrest and Barry McKay the type of passes they want to make the type of positions they want to be in are just perfect for someone like Lauren Shankland and that's what you've started to see that see when they click you can see that they're rusty he's scored goals both of them have but when they all start to click they all start to understand their games there's been a few moments in the matches that He's got one assist and two goals by McKay at the start of the season. But even in the Edinburgh Derby, he slid the ball through like two or three times to Lauren Shanklin and it was just a, a slight timing. They were just off and when they start to play with each other and they get in tuned with each other, that's going to be a brilliant partnership. But Barry McKay's been superb and I think the biggest difference with, with Barry McKay, and it's a good lesson for, for young players as well because they see the lights of England and he's been down to England, he's played at, played at Rangers and he's went down south. He's now saying that nothing really changed for him other than he's just happy. He's playing with a smile on his face. He likes his environment and he likes playing football again. And sometimes that's folk go chase that stuff down in England and they're living by themselves. Their family's not there. Their pals are not there. It gets a bit soulless. And now you can see the difference it makes to him just to be playing in a team that loves him and that he loves back. Uh, Liam, now I know I won't rub it in. I know you're here. You're not in Zurich. That's the, the... Unfortunate thing sometimes with these European games It's just not always possible to travel I take it there is still a big buzz about things back here You've got big plans for tomorrow Aye, so we can't, like I said, can't go to Zurich for this one We'll be, definitely be in the other ones But we've basically, we've, we've booked out a place in, in Gorgie To try and get get fans in and around the, the local local pubs and clubs and stuff And try and get a, a wee mini St Gallen on the go for, for the Hearts fans that couldn't make it over so if you're about and you want to come come to the Murrayfield Sports Bar tomorrow we'll get big screens inside and out and hopefully we'll be celebrating a victory Will Marvin and Cammy be welcome? <laughs> I imagine I was, just, I was just about to say Moan you'll be alright <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much that was Liam uh, a big Hearts fan who's obviously <laughs> looking forward to tomorrow as, as are we all I, I'm really looking forward to that one so I can't even imagine uh, how much Liam and the rest of the Hearts fans 
are because it, it promises to be an absolute cracker. I definitely think we should get you to in one of those 35 degree spin classes <laughs> at, at altitude uh, and see how you fare. Right. Uh, any more on that teaser quickly? So we're looking for 11 Scots that have scored for Celtic at home against Hearts in the league since 2007, essentially, because that's the last time Hearts won there. Scott Brown? Yes. Would you believe back in 2007? I went Sean Maloney. Yeah, 2010. All right, we'll get the rest very soon. Let's bring in Andy, who's a Rangers fan from Motherwell. What about last night, Andy? What have you got for us? Hi, panel. Thanks. First of all, thanks for taking my call. Um, I think last night, Rangers played well. I think Marvin spoke about it earlier. They played well in parts. Um, but defensively, I think, is where we're going to struggle in Europe. I, I don't understand why Giovanni Van Bronckhorst keeps persisting with James Sands. Now, James Sands is he's obviously a midfielder to trade, but you know, you've know you got to look at his signs as well. We've got Herlander injured. He brought Katic back from Croatia. He's not gave the guy a chance, um, which is quite disheartening for him. Um, we've got Suter again. He's he's injury-prone. Um, as far as I'm likely to believe, Ben Davis was ready to start last night, but I think in the warm-up he gets slightly... I don't know if it's a niggly injury or something. But James Sands, he's really got to find a replacement for him because I think the guy's struggling in there. To what, did, what did he do wrong last night, Andy? I think he's, he's not commanding enough, um, Gordon. You know, last night, for instance, Leon Balligan, who's who's been at quite a few games, is a commanding big defender. Now, I know he's he's in the stand at the last two Rangers games. Um, he's a free agent now, so why not bring him in? You know, I can't I can't um, imagine he'd um, demand a huge salary. So as a good backup, you know, I think. For instance, James Sands get injured, we've got Ben Davis who isn't the other trap, and who else have we got? Clearly, Katic um, isn't in favour, so yeah, uh, the final thoughts. I'd imagine John Suter wouldn't be far away, but anyway, generally speaking. I thought Sands was actually good yesterday. Um, I don't think he really put a foot wrong. You know, I understand kind of Andy's concerns maybe in other games, but I felt yesterday, you know, the young man went in there and, you know, did well for himself. Um, I really, really do. I don't think he made any mistakes or many mistakes at all. Um, I think it's difficult Andy you're talking about obviously having another centre half there I think you know when all centre halves are fit you know you're very heavily loaded in that area and it's just difficult you know what it's like as Gordon was referring to earlier about Glasgow buses you know your two players are Davis and Suter unfortunately are both out at the same time so Sands has to fill in there but you know I don't think it's anything to worry about I think you know yesterday he did well and I said you know he's a young man as well probably get better Cammy James Sands last night who was he? Yeah, I thought he had a decent game last night I, I get the concerns uh, His physicality for me is a concern as a centre-half um, And again, normally a centre-halves are these guys That are, are, are a good size So for set-pieces, they're really important So that, that does sort of weaken Rangers slightly um, But ball-playing, he was really, really good Used the ball well, is comfortable on the ball You can see he is a, a midfielder wanting to, to play passes I thought he had a good game last night But I do understand the concerns for me, the biggest concern is is the physicality take away from sort of set pieces. Really, that you've normally got two real commanding centre halves that go and go and attack the football and win um, your headers in your own box to defend. I'm very into this Leon Balogun debate, Andy. I'll tell you why because obviously there was well high profile Rangers figures on on TV uh, suggesting the same as you. How how much of that is? Genuinely, truly Because Leon Balogun Would be a good option For Rangers right now And how much of it Is that thing That sometimes happens You know like when players Are injured And they become much better When they're not in the team Has Leon Balogun Become much better Because he's now not at Rangers 
I think he's definitely an option, Gordon. Like I said earlier, you're not going to get a full season out of Stuart because he's, he's injury prone and Katic clearly doesn't fit in the manager's plans. So then you're, you're sitting with Hillander. Now, I don't know if he's going to... Again, he's, he wasn't injury prone as such, but for me, he's no, he's no a Scottish-based um, player. He's more kind of on the kind of Europe, European-based stage. Again, so you're left with Ben Davis, and who's only two centre-halves. OK, James Sands um, steps in, but you know, again, you're, you're, you're pretty light in centre-halves. If I'm totally honest, Marvin, look, look, look to be clear, I, you know, some of that was a bit tongue in cheek. Leon Balogun did Rangers a very good turn on yeah. a number of occasions, had put in some very good performances. But I'm assuming that there is, a, there's a, there's a still a gap between that and Rangers need him back. Yeah, no, most definitely, I, I totally agree with you. And and by the way, if you'd offered Rangers fans in the summer, you know, Davis and Suter or Balogun. You know, if you had to put him in one, two, three, I think Balogun would have been in third place without being disrespectful. Or at least you're taking the two of them over the yeah the, the one of him. The one of him exactly. Sense. So they have strengthened in that area. As I said earlier, it's just unfortunate that they do have the injury, and you need people like Sands to be able to fill in because you know there's nothing worse than you. And I totally get you being being a football fan because I'm a fan of a football club as well, and you want you know the best players in the best positions and as many as possible. But you know when push comes to shove, nobody really wants to come in and be a back backup player. And what these players start to do, if they're not playing, they believe they should be playing and they cause trouble, you know, in training and, you know, kind of behind the scenes. Sands seems like a player to me that he's happy to play for Rangers Football Club wherever he's put to play. And those players, you know, he might not be a standout player, he might not be a star player for Rangers, but they're worth their weight in goal because you can rely on them. Their attitude's perfect. When you put them in, they'll give 100% effort. And I think sometimes, you know, that goes a long way in football. Yeah, again, I echo what Marv's saying there. I think that's that's so important that you've got good football guys around the club who want to be there um, and Sands does see seem to be that type of guy but I don't know if it's just I mean Suter's a big one Suter obviously for me I was excited about him coming to Rangers we all know he's injury prone uh, we were hoping he was going to avoid that it's not happened so far um, so yeah Davis is one that's kind of not again he's not had the game time he's not had the opportunity yet to see enough of him at Rangers um, Hollander for me isn't isn't fancied by Gio I don't think whether he'll be still at the club will probably depend on how big an injury Suters is and when he's going to be back yeah. but Hollander just doesn't look like he's going to be involved to me um, Andy the callers earlier I feel like most were pretty confident that you would get the job done next week you sound a little bit more worried is that fair? Yeah, I'm kind of 50-50, Gordon. If you look at last night, he brings on Scott Wright, which for me is no, is no Rangers no player in my eyes. Um, the weekend, you know, with Matondo playing for the start, I thought he played excellently. Uh, again, at the weekend, he brought Arfield on, who set a goal up and scored a goal. These two guys last night didn't get a sniff, which I was really disappointed about. I don't think Wright brings anything to the team. OK, he's a bit direct. And you look at a guy, Sakala as well. Sakala's been frozen out in the bench, which I feel sorry for. So I don't quite get his sub last night. I was quite disappointed with that. All right, Andy, thank you very much. That was Andy in Motherwell, 01419511025. Any more on these Scottish Celtic goal scorers at home to Hearts since Ralston. the last time they lost there? No, he scored away though, didn't he? Tynecastle. Um, Pearson? Nope. Turnbull? No, now you're struggling. Wow! McManus? Yes, Stephen oh, McManus, 2008. Oh. Gary Caldwell? Nope. Mackay Stephen? Mm, yes. Okay, we'll get the rest and more calls next. 
number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Marvin Bartley and Cami Bell. Good question sent in tonight on full time at Clyde1.com. That's the email address. So it's since 2007 That was the last time Hearts won a league game At Celtic Park So since then Can you name all of Celtic's Scottish goal scorers In that fixture In Glasgow So Scott Brown Stephen McManus James Forrest Sean Maloney GMS And Callum McGregor Ryan Christie I'll turn your mic on this time Cheers buddy That's a bit weird Ryan Christie <laughs> Ryan Christie Well done Any more? No We're struggling You got Gr- one? Griff? Yeah Lee Griffiths Well done well done. All right, three to get. We'll get them before the end. And your nightly reminder, it's full time at Clyde1.com if you want to send your questions. And got an interesting breaking signing news tonight. And I know you two know this man well. He's a well-known name in Scottish football. And he signed for our broth, Scott Allen. Now, he's obviously man of quite a few clubs up here. Best bells, obviously, at Hibs alongside you guys. Um... I went to Celtic as everyone knows These phone lines were lively around that time uh, He's spoken publicly about the heart condition In fact we had him in here uh, Speaking about it, speaking very openly He said at the weekend they felt like some clubs were put off by it And he's now signed a two year deal at Arbroath What do you make of that? Firstly it's fantastic that he's back playing football You know I, I kind of read his piece And I spoke to Scotty a couple of weeks ago And I'm just happy he's back playing You know doing what, what he loves um, You know at a club that are in the championship So be fantastic for him. Um, slightly surprised that he's decided to go part time, but you know maybe he sees things outside of football as well. I know he started getting involved in the media work, so you know obviously it's something that works for him. But you know first and foremost, Scott Allen's back playing football, and I think you know, that's a positive for everybody, especially after the scare that he kind of went through. Um, you know it was far too early for him to be ending his career. So no, brilliant signing for them as well. You know if you can get the ball into him, there's no doubt about it. You know he can unlock defenses. So uh, no. Dick Campbell's done extremely well First team talk will be interesting we, Yeah <laughs> We We don't know How true Scott Allen's fears are that, that clubs You know Have been put off By the heart condition Or whatever um, It may well be the case I still feel like he's the type of player Cammy, That there will be people Listening to this show right now Hearing that news And saying Oh I think he still could have done a job In the top flight 100% for me um, Fantastic footballer Really really good uh, He's had a difficult Sort of period recently um, And it's not worked out for him And it, it, it was strange Actually seeing him Without a club For so long over the summer um, I thought there would have been Championship teams At least Wanting to snap him up And he would have had The choice of all the Championship teams um, It's obviously not been That way for him um, But as you say I could have still Seen him doing a job For a Premier League team um, This season but again, he's went to a broth. Uh, I'm delighted to see him back in football because he he deserves to be to be back at a club and playing football. And um, good luck to him because I'm sure he'll do well up there. Yeah, certainly an interesting one. We keen we'll be keen to see how he gets on. Obviously, not played a lot of football. I think 23 appearances last season, 17 the season before. Mm. Like I said, we've had him in talking about the heart condition, so we certainly wish him well. And uh, hope that goes well I'm sure the Arbroath fans will be delighted to have him I'm looking at the engagement As they say nowadays on the social media mm. The tweet that they've put up And that, you know it's it's popular It's got a lot of uh, attention on there So we'll definitely watch that one uh, with interest The transfer window I feel like it's gone a little bit quiet up here uh, is, that, is that fair? You know we started through the summer It was, it was ticking along maybe 
teams are a bit more settled now and just adding those finishing touches. Yeah, I think teams try and do kind of their, their movements in the transfer market earlier and earlier each season. Um, you know, I think a lot's dependent on the kind of the English market as well, which we're just seeing getting going now. I think there'll probably be a few uh, 23s players or fringe players mm-hmm. from you know Premier League teams in England uh, coming up on loan up up the road. Um, so I think you know once those players are signed down there, I think you know things will start to move for us um, up here. But I do think a majority of clubs are kind of you know they're kind of finishing the transfer market unless there's a kind of marquee signing. Are you going to do out. any more business? Yeah, um, I, I, th- I think we will. Um, the gaffer still wants to add one or two to the squad. The squad's not the biggest at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. We've had a fantastic start, and it's always easier to add players when you're doing well. You know, it really is. You know, two wins out of three has been absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, I think the gaffer has, wants to add, sorry, uh, one or two more players. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was a name that he mentioned well, to me yesterday. <laughs> Ronaldo <laughs> meets Martindale. Can you imagine Brilliant. it? Wow. I would love to see it. I'd love to hear that team talk. Um, funny you said that about English Premier League 23 players and, and how that can start to move things around a great example you may well come up against this weekend because you play Motherwell they've brought up Stuart McKinstry from Leeds who was a product of Motherwell's academy he was there since he was 10 uh, then moved down to Leeds I think he managed was it one I think it was maybe two um, substitute appearances for Leeds first team and, and now he's back on loan at Motherwell to try and get a bit of game time Yes, and it's a brilliant market also being up here. Obviously, you know, I imagine he'd have worked with the manager before, maybe in the youth setup, or they'd come across each other, maybe as a player uh, when he left, whatever it might be. But no, it's, listen, it's a fantastic market up here for him. You know, he's a young man who obviously wants to make it at Leeds Football Club. But if he can come up here and, you know, get 25 games under his belt, then, you know, absolutely perfect. But hopefully he's unfit and hopefully he doesn't play against us at the weekend. <laughs> right, we are running a bit late, but we'll try and squeeze one more in. Craig's a Rangers fan. Take it away, Craig. All right, guys, how are you doing? Good, good, good. Good. So I've got a point. It's about Rangers and Celtic, to be honest, because uh, I can kind of see Rangers end up doing the same thing as what Celtic are doing now. Okay. As last season, Giacomakis, once Kyogo was out, was scoring goals for fun. If you give the guy a decent ball between the sticks, he's putting it in the back of the net. It's as simple as that. And I think it's a shame that he's getting put behind Kyogo, to be honest. I know Kyogo's a good player, but I don't think Celtic are the same team without Giacomakis up top. I don't think that they're the same without that target man. Uh, I think I've watched I've watched a few Celtics games this season. Obviously, they've been winning games, but there's been points in games where I've thought that they've really, really missed a target man. Um, and obviously, right now, Rangers are the exact same. Cholak seeming to come into his own. He's scoring nearly every game he played in. He would have scored in nearly every goal he played in if the goal that he scored against Livingston, which was perfectly legit, actually counted. Um but for example, I wouldn't be happy if Giovanni came in right now and uh, once Morelos is fully fit and took him out of the team. The way I see it is if you've got a target man up top that's putting the ball in the back of the net nearly every time you give him the ball, you don't pull a player like that out of the team. And Andrew's done it to Giacomakis and pulled him out to bring Kyogo back in. I don't I don't think it's right. I don't think Celtic are at their best with Kyogo up there. I think they're at their best with Giacomakis up there. And I've got a sneaky feeling that once Morelos is back, Giovanni's going to do the exact same thing which I won't agree with whatsoever if it does happen. So I think these players... Well, when, when they're both fighting, look, it's really hard to get that because Cholak's just here, but if he does do that, Craig, in time, will it not simply be because Alfredo Morelos is a better player than, than Cholak? You know, if that was the reason, then what would, what would be wrong with that? But if, if that was the case and Cholak was maybe not performing at the best uh, compared to what he seems to be in the early stages and Morelos came in and done a better job, that's fair enough. But I do believe that as a striker, your job's to score goals. It doesn't matter about 
what you are as an overall player in my opinion you've got other players run about you in the team to run about with the ball make things happen you're up there to score goals you need goals there's been several times over the years where Morelos has been playing and we've struggled to get goals away from home in places because we've not had a big target man up there to put the ball in the back of the net I think when players like this are on top form and they're scoring for fun I think players like Morelos and Kyogo the only way you bring them into the team starting 11 is by finding another way to fit them in with the target man I don't think you should ever pull any striker out while he's scoring goals. I know, obviously, Morelos is probably more an all-round player, just like Kyogo is more an all-round player than Giacomakis. But in my opinion, a striker's job is to score goals. And if a striker's scoring goals every single game, or nearly every single game, mm. you've got no excuse to pull them. What do you think, Cammy? Yeah, again, a striker's job is to, to score goals. For me, um, looking at Rangers' point of view, if, if, if Kolak keeps on scoring goals, then I don't think he will be replaced at... Rangers are in a really good position that they've got a top striker Morelos when he's fit and firing on all cylinders sitting on the bench and, and he's as Mar said before when he gets the opportunity he needs to prove that he's good enough to take that spot um, mm. for me I don't think they're going to change their system the way they play Gio won't do that um, and I think it's it's good it's what Rangers need is competition two strikers they can could rely say, on they could say they've lacked a real they competitor for Morelos since the day that he arrived and I think that's why everyone puts Morelos on this pedestal because they relied on him so much Right, thank you Craig Do you know what? We'll need to pick that up another time because it's a good debate and we're out of time We're looking for three more Scots who've scored for Celtic at home in a league game against Hearts since 2007 Chris Commons Yes Whoa. Oh, wow Wonderful That is magnificent Football nationality, of course So he's, he's a Scot as far as we're concerned Right, okay You've you've already given me his best pal. What about the other one? They tend to come as a as a duo, or they used to, not anymore. When you said Mackay Stephen. Oh, I don't know. Oh come give on! Me, give me, give me. Well, Dundee United. They came to Celtic together. You two having me on, Stuart Armstrong. Oh, I'm about to say that. <laughs> right, who's Almost. the other one? Right, uh, sort of fringe pl- only. Three years ago, 2019, youngster through Celtics Academy, French player. Yeah, Mikey Johnson. Yes. Uh, well done. Thank you, Cammy and Marvin. Really, really busy on the phone. So thank you so much for getting in touch. Back tomorrow with Gordon Diel and Mark Wilson. Look forward to speaking to you then. And Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>